Hello, I'm Jody, and I'm a mama on a mission to encourage parents to take their power back. I know from personal experience how your gut is leading you in one direction, while the world is telling you that you are going the wrong way. You are convinced that you are the crazy one for believing hope is alive and healing is possible. You are manipulated to believe that you are not capable or smart enough to make life-altering decisions for your baby. I've stood in those doctor's offices. I've even been kicked out of plenty of them. Welcome, friends, to a space where you are allowed to ask questions and you are allowed to step into your power as the mama bear that has always been within you. You are not the crazy one. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Cast. I've got Aaron with me today. You know, it's been a long time since we've it's done this. It's been a hot minute, but here's what we're going to do going forward mm-hmm. is for the next few months, we're going to have just one or two episodes per month that are very intentional based on the topic. Don't forget that where I hang out most is going to be in my Instagram stories, which is at the Warrior Center as well as inside the Warrior Center where I'm helping people every single day take back their health, learn more about natural medicine, literally walk beside you guys one by one. But I think these Freedom Cast episodes are super important still that we can just sit and talk and give you kind of a window into what we've done for our family, right? So whether it's politics, because, you know, we love to talk about, we love to talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) And there's so much that could be talked about, especially with monkeypox. <laughs> Did you see the new? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rabbit trail for a second. Did you see the new monkeypox? Um, what, what is he called? The 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 Biden czar on monkeypox. He is the consultant <laughs> or correspondent, and he is leather. He's wearing a lot of leather. <laughs> with with I I, now, here's my question: Does he wear assless chaps? I don't know if he wears assless chaps. With monkeypox, who knows? Um, it'd be it'd be a great. There I mean, is... we love Palm Springs, so <laughs> listen. We love everyone. We love everyone, but there comes a point when what yes. happens is just what's happening now just blows your mind oh, it's in get so many ways. Week. That you just sit back and you go, this can't be real. This literally can't be real life. Yet it is. Yet it is real life. (laughs) Well, remember, I mean, anybody that supports a political party can be seen as on the side of good or evil, even though we're entitled to have our own political views. Yes, of course. Yes. So there you go. It's going to get very interesting. That's for sure. November can't come soon enough. All right. That's not what we're actually talking about today. Oh, no. Um, We thought this would be a great episode to introduce sort of the beginning part of our journey mm-hmm. into healing our child. Talk about that a bit. Uh, I mean, really the overarching theme of this episode, guys, is that you are Dr. Mom. You are Dr. Dad. There is, well, actually, let me just say this. Um, I don't scroll on TikTok too much, but I happen to open it up and I know TikTok, whatever. But it is it is actually a platform where I will say that they are not censoring mm-hmm. as much as other platforms. No. So it is interesting to see what comes across there. But there's a bunch of pediatricians on TikTok. And just to give you a real life story here. So I watched this, this video this male pediatrician did. First of all, he looked like an idiot in it. 
and he acted like an idiot and he talked like an idiot because all he did was spew the same garbage that he was brainwashed with in medical school by reading the books that Big Pharma wrote. And like literally the whole video was was essentially saying, you're an idiot mother if you reject the hepatitis B vaccine at birth, if you don't vaccinate your child, if you think the flu shot's going to give you the flu. I mean, literally everything he said is exactly what is happening out there every single day inside a pediatrician's office. Oh, yeah. I I was at a place this a couple of years ago where I was listening to, I, I mean, I love to observe people because I get a kick out of it. But these two moms were talking and I just happened to turn on my listening ears. <laughs> <You're> listening ears. <laughs> And this one lady is complaining that her daughter had the flu. Did she just get the flu shot? And she got the flu shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And go figure. And I just sat there and I said, aren't you just misinformed? Well, and here's the thing, guys. So there's a lot of that out there, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, there's so many, I'm seeing so many pediatricians pop up on these platforms just basically saying all the same garbage that, I mean, it's like they can't think for themselves, but then you also have a hefty to- dose of ego with it, right? So you can, oh. when you listen and watch these doctors, you feel that ego come across so thick. Mm-hmm. But what you guys need to know and understand is that they will, number one is they will never, ever, ever know your child like you will know your child. Right. And the problem is, is that we have come to a space in culture And it has taken 30 years to get to this space, because if you look at the evolution of what has happened with medicine, with allopathic medicine, with pediatrics, then you throw in the last couple years with the COVID hysteria that really brought to the surface such division, Mm -hmm. like it made it worse, right? I mean, it used to be, I would say, and we're going to get into the story about our child here in a second, but when I first started questioning 14 years ago, you could still go to a pediatrician and say, I'm not comfortable doing that. I'm not comfortable vaccinating my child. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to decline. They were fine with that back right. then, meaning they may not have agreed with you, but you were not gaslighted like you are today. You are not shamed like you are today. You are not threatened like you are today. It's a completely different culture. It is. And I think the thing about it is, is anybody who has letters b- past their last name, for some people, it is an ego trip. And I think a lot of things is that we put a lot of faith and trust in our medical system. Mm-hmm. And there's good, so there's good doctors out there, just like there's of course. bad doctors. Yeah. I mean, and good, what happens- good people and bad people. Right. <laughs> and so I think what happens is I think we just presume that they have the best interests in mind. And for my family, my parents, my father is going through a lot of medical issues right now. And the doctors are all basically CYA because, you know, they don't want to be the one held responsible for a misdiagnosis. Well, they CYA. So here's what's interesting is they try to cover their ass, right? Oh, yeah. But at the same time, they, I, I, I struggle with this because it's, it's, I feel like it's just two different things here. Mm-hmm. Number one is they actually believe in this garbage. Like they fully embrace it and believe right. it. So you either are in that camp as a doctor 
where you full on believe vaccines are going to save lives. Like no one's going to change your mind. You are totally, completely brainwashed. It doesn't matter if you inject a child nine times in one visit, they get seizures that night, they get an illness the next day, they lose their language. God forbid they die because that happens, guys. It happens. It's something called SIDS from the hepatitis B vaccine and the DTaP. So they either fully believe that this is the gospel truth of medicine or they're just not willing to speak up and listen to their conscience. It's got to only be one of those two things. Well, I think the doctors that are, I think the doctors that have a conscience realize though that they are obligated to present these various drugs, so to speak. And then on the flip side, I think the ones that have the extreme ego, they don't really have a conscience. They don't put, they don't. In, they don't put the interest in mind of the patients first. Well, and, and, and yeah. that, that really boils down. It's one of those quick, Oh, you know, like for example, my, in my extended family, my uncle was a doctor. And so it's like, okay, uh, you know, is, is something wrong with me? Okay. He would just tell my mom, give him this, you know, or do this or do that. Now, back then medicine was much vastly different 40 years ago than it is today. Mm-hmm. Why are you wearing sunglasses, by the way? I <laughs> Aaron, am cool. Aaron is sitting here wearing sunglasses that I can't even it's see my, his eyes. It's my new trademark. Take them off. Take them off. No. Um, so here's, but, but. You brought up an interesting point, honey. What's I'm that? so proud of you for bringing this up, and you didn't even know it. Oh, is you I'm just said points. you're scoring points? You just said that your uncle mm-hmm. would tell your mom, "Do this, do that, do this, do that." I'm going to say that's the root problem of the system right there, because the root problem is number one: the doctor themselves not listening to mm-hmm. the mom, not being in tune energetically. Let's say to the kid, to the mom, to what's going on, to seeing beyond the walls of big pharma. Mm -hmm. The other piece of that is for years now, because of the, that system, because Mm -hmm. of that system that is set up in such a way where it's almost patriarchal and it's power tripping and it's ego and and it's all of this, right? Mothers and fathers, I would say, have given their power away for so many years to the system to say, well, just tell me what to do mm-hmm. instead of thinking for themselves. Right. That's also part of the problem. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today is how to take that power back. And the fact that it's okay to, of course, ask questions. It's okay to say, hey, can you look in my child's ear and let me know if there's an ear infection? But do you have to take that antibiotic when 99% of ear infections are viral, by the way, guys, so your antibiotics aren't going to do anything except destroy the gut, that you can say, no, I'm not going to take that. We're going to try something else. That Mm -hmm. you are, in essence, Dr. Mom. You Mm -hmm. know your child best, but for so many years, because of the way the system wants to pull that power away from you and just tell you what to do, now we have generations of parents, and I would say probably the last you know, our generation and the generation coming up behind us. But then what gives me hope is that this new crop of, of um, I would call them, what are they, Gen Z? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. They actually are starting to question more. They're actually starting to sort of flip 
that table. But it doesn't matter <clears throat> what generation you're in. <clears throat> you're in. What matters is that we stop giving our power away to the system and just saying, well, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. Right. Because that's how we got in this mess yeah. in the beginning. I, I mean, there's a purpose for doctors, I think. But I also look at it and, and say, you know what? They work for us. We don't work for them. The best it's, medicine is emergency medicine. Yeah. Truly. I mean, if you think about medicine, it should be, are you literally about to die? Which, okay, let's do something. Mm -hmm. Did you break a leg? Okay, right. let's do something. Did you puncture an organ? Okay, let's do something. Right. Medicine is not health. Right. At all. No. And I don't think, I mean, if you think about, you know, today, they, you, you're given like four or five pills. One pill for this, but then it has an adverse effect. Uh, effect. So then you have to take, you know, medicine mm -hmm. B. Well, that has a different effect. Take C. And before you know it, you're going through your, you know, you're taking all these pills and they're basically working against each other. Well, and here's the thing is, you know, it's one thing to talk about adults, right? Because there's obviously an epidemic of chronic illness in adults today. I mean, you're, you're looking at the average, I'm not sure that most people even realize this, but the average American, darn near 80% is on one medication at least. And then you start to look at those who are on one medication and the likelihood of them going on two and three and four and five right. and six is higher and higher and higher, mm -hmm. especially as they age, of course, right? right. It's interesting because anytime, uh, and we obviously don't go into an office except emergencies. I mean, it, emergency, right? They look at me like I'm an alien when I say we are on no meds. Right. It's very uncommon. And that should actually be your goal. The goal should be to never take a med unless it's an absolute emergency. Mm -hmm. um, so let's go, let's kind of go back to the beginning here. In the beginning. Because I think this is also an important episode that if you have a spouse that maybe is not in line with your thinking, you know, I mean, let's face it, like usually a lot of times, not always, but the wife or the mother is kind of pushing the health and the family, like the matriarchal, like we're taking care of typically the food in the house and the groceries and the kids and the health. And it doesn't mean that dads don't or men don't, but a lot of times when something happens to a child, that mama bear instinct, that, that caring that, that we have that's so different from a male with our child we're very in tune to that. And a lot of times we are the ones spearheading, making changes. And that could be changes in terms of, you know, you start to open your eyes to different foods. You mm -hmm. start to open your eyes to the harm that seed oils cause. And you start to remove those. You start to change the the eating habits of the home. Um, I mean, we can go... <laughs> We could go into a whole thing about Aaron's Diet Coke addiction that, that we've been working years to break, but he's you're making headway, honey. You're making, making headway. headway. But I was, you know, talking about food, I had some really great nachos at the volleyball game last night. That's great. I didn't know about that. <laughs> For uh, let's go take some enzymes. Um, but anyways, so... Also, it's a lot of times the mother that's taking the child in for their well check. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you right now, if you're listening for, to this for the first time, I have a lot of other episodes to go back to and listen um, in terms of things like children's health and autism recovery and stuff like that. So make sure you go listen to some past episodes. But I'm going to tell you right now, you do not have to go to a well check. 
You do not have to go to a well check. I've, I've, I've had so many conversations with moms throughout the years of my advocacy. And sometimes you just need someone to give you permission to say, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be in the system. Now I get it. There's some, I have had conversations with some moms who say, well, we just go so, you know, I can make sure I have a relationship with some type of doctor in case there's an emergency. But that, I mean, here's the thing that that doesn't really, that's a moot point because you only go to the ER when there's an emergency. Mm -hmm. So if you're a general practitioner and, you know, your son or daughter is sick, you're not, you got to call that doctor. You got to schedule an appointment that could be two or three weeks out. No, you're taking them to an entirely different doctor for an emergency case. So, yeah, I mean, it, I'm just telling you what I hear. Well, but, it but I love, I'm glad that you're give them tough love, honey. Give them tough love. But think about <laughs> you're, you're taking why are you developing a relationship with the doctor so that you can hear what you want to hear? Ah, interesting. Okay. Look at you. And, you, you know, going back, you know, now, women, and, and, women are very more in tune with their children than men. And that's just how God created the two, two species. That's how God created man and woman, not pronouns. Okay. Um, um, but if you think about it, so take that out of the equation. I mean, are you taking the child there so you can hear what you want to hear? So you can feel comfortable with your decisions. With your decisions. Like feeling validated. Now, I understand right. wanting to feel validated. I get that. But the fact of the matter is you don't need to feel validated. No, I mean, a doctor doesn't need to do that for you. You can feel validated in your own decisions. Right. And know that this is what we believe in and this is what we're going to do. And we're not going to veer from it. Nobody's right. going and, to and, make us do anything again, or inject anything into our children. We don't want to inject into them. Again, I'm not slamming doctors or anti-doctor, but I'm, I mean... <laughs> Unless your child needs medical attention, that's when you take them in mm -hmm. to the doctor. Yeah. And so now let's say you have a wonderful scenario because there are, like like Aaron said, there are some pedi pediatricians out there who are good. Mm -hmm. They're very far and few between. And what you have to remember is that they are, if they are taking insurance, they're in the system, guys, which means they're tethered to the system, which means if they veer from what the system wants them to do, i.e. vaccines. This is it, the root of this all is vaccines, guys. Because that is what current allopathic medicine believes is going to save the world is vaccines. Their their entire the cornerstone of the entire pharmaceutical industry for children is rooted in vaccines. Right. So you pull that out, they have nothing. Mm -hmm. They get paid bonuses extra bonuses for fully vaccinating children in their practice, they get penalized and threatened if they don't vaccinate children. So you have to understand that if you're going to a pediatrician that is in the system, you're going to have a much more difficult time standing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to get kicked out or excused from that practice as we did three times in our journey right. until we finally said, why the hell are we doing this? Right. Why are we even going? Well, we don't need to go. Well, you think of our first child, you know, as young parents and taking that same approach of putting your faith and trust in the medical system. I mean, when the child was sick, boom, let's go to the ER, mm -hmm. 1230 at night, ER. 
Well, and yeah. our child, our first child was battling croup all the time. So let's talk about this a little bit. Okay. Because this is what opened our eyes. This is what, and, and it took you a bit longer. So I want you to speak maybe from the male father perspective, because I felt like, you know, I, my eyes were opened the minute that he was vaccine injured. And I didn't even connect it at first. It took me a little, I mean, my spirit, my gut told me this was wrong. Why did I not run out of that office? Why did I stay in there? Why did I let that doctor gaslight me and force me and, and do like, just treat me like absolute garbage. So I relented and our child received nine vaccines in one visit, which is very common, by the way, guys, this is not abnormal. You look at the schedule and there are children every single day in this country getting nine vaccines in one visit because a three in one does not count as one. That's three different injections. It's just in one vial. So you have to count that as three, not one. So it took me a little while even mm -hmm. to connect those dots. I'd say a few days and then finally it hit me and I was like, just devastated. Number one, devastated because I allowed it to happen. So that took me many years to get over that guilt and shame. And then we started to see things. It took you a little bit longer though. Right. Because I was so focused on, okay, we got to do something. We got to fix this. We got to do something. What are we going to do? And it just kind of was fast and furious of once the light bulb went off, it was the therapy, the food changes, the biomedical doctors, the detox, all the things mm -hmm. that I was searching and doing and searching and doing. I don't even know where, what you were thinking at that time. No, I mean, I think <laughs> because you didn't grow up this way, just like I didn't grow up this right. way no. in terms of natural, holistic. No, I mean, here's the thing is when you have a child that has a disorder, I'm not talking, let's say like down syndrome, but like ADD, ADHD, a label. We'll call it a label. Oh, okay. Let's, the, let's just, the world is label. Happy. Okay. Label. Um, you know, part of it is, well, you know, it must've been genetic. Okay. Well, that's the common. Right. And excuse. that was my common thought in the beginning. Oh, it must, you know, because I myself had issues growing up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so with that being said, you had issues. Mm -hmm. You still have issues. Huh? But I love you. Okay, go ahead. You married a winner. <laughs> um, so for me, it yes, it did take longer because you have to break the mindset of, you know, medicine is this, and you put your faith and trust in somebody. You have to now begin to walk back from that. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, it, it took a while. I mean. So how did you do that? As a, as a male father, how did you do that? Because I know for a fact that when he had his vaccine injury and then it turned into a label of autism mm -hmm. and then it turned into all the things we were doing and basically living out of our car, going from one place to another for therapy, speech therapy, OT, PT, all the things, right? Right. I kind of feel like you were in some grief for a short time of like, this is my first child. This is my, like, how did you move past that to be like, okay, my wife is onto something. I, I think just when you, when you finally open your eyes and take a step back and you see signs that the child is not acting 
or his behavior is vastly different. Um, I always go back to the sensory. He, the, the child did not like to touch things, but he would run his head into a wall. Yes. They need input. Right. Yeah, because they're honestly, <clears throat> you know, when you look at, we'll just talk about autism for a second. Cause that's really obviously a majority of our story is when children are, are doing things like that. Mm-hmm. self-injury uh, maybe they don't feel pain like you're like oh dang they ran into that wall that that hurt mm-hmm. but they don't cry right or the um chewing on things mm-hmm. or it, i mean it could be anything right there's a lot oh, yeah. that we see oh, eat his bed like a beaver would <laughs> he would chew on the side of his his crib like a beaver um but listen that's because guys that's because their gut and their brain is hurting and that's the only way that they can get input into their body, but they can't verbally tell you it. So it's it's learning a different side mm-hmm. of what allopathic medicine is going to tell you. Because what is allopathic medicine going to tell you? So sorry. It's just the way it is. Right. Here's their diagnosis. I mean, you can try therapy. You're, there's really nothing you're going to be able to do. You're just going to have to learn to cope and live with it for the rest of your life and help him be as comfortable as possible. Mm-hmm. That's what they tell you. Right. Or they layer on and go, well, we think it's genetic, but we know we haven't really been able to find a genetic link, but we're pretty sure it's genetic. Listen, it's not genetic, guys. The amount of actual genetic deformities is very, very small. You want to know why? Genes don't just change. That genetic things are not an epidemic. It's impossible for for that to be an epidemic. But what we see instead in the last 20 years is a massive rise, an epidemic rise in autism, food allergies, asthma, ADHD, Mm -hmm. obesity, sensory, all of these things. Those are not genetic because it's impossible for a gene mutation like that to be an epidemic. That's not how genes perform. So Down syndrome's a little bit different. Right. That's a genetic. That's a genetic mutation. It's like a missing chromosome, right? Right. Well, since when has Down syndrome ever been an epidemic? Mm-hmm. It's not. The rates are stagnant. They're, they're they're the same. Or actually, in some cases, sadly, they go down because of abortion. Right. Because a lot of times the medical system will shame a mother or force them in a way into aborting mm-hmm. a baby that has a genetic um, dysfunction. So yet we have to look at it from a lens of common sense too. Mm-hmm. And then that's what where we start to put, like kind of connect the dots is when we start to look at it with a lens of common sense and then coupling that with listening to your intuition and mm. listening to what you know is true. If you're sitting there going, you know what, this doesn't add up. This doesn't make sense. Why is my child constantly getting ear infections? Why is my child constantly, you know, having diarrhea or eczema or they can't pay attention in school? Right. There's root causes to that, mm-hmm. guys, and they're not in gen- they're not in genetics. No, no. It it's the effects of injections. It's the effects of vaccines. It's the effects of glyphosate, lead, heavy metals in the water. It's um, food dyes, it's processed sugar, it's all of those things. But remember that the cornerstone of the entire pediatric industry is vaccines. Right. And that did not exponentially blow up 
until the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And that's when we started to see these epidemics. Well, I mean, I I just find it, I look at the, the, the yellow cards. Mm -hmm. I mean, mine has three on it, but you know, the amount that I should take, let's say is like a total of nine between the time I was born until let's say the time I was, I don't know, seven. Now they have this huge thing. It's oh, like, it's massive. It's massive. I, to me, I'm, it just blows my okay, mind. So let me ask you this question. Got you an answer. Hopefully. Because my, my guess is up until what we went through with our child, you never questioned vaccines. Oh, I, what? Ne- I never questioned vaccines, but then again, I never, the last one I got was in order to get into college was 94. Matter of fact, and I always brag about this. When I went on to a third world country, we were newly married. You pushed it on me. You're like, because I didn't know, but yeah. guess what? I did not get them. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Um, but, five. but, but I, what I want you to share maybe mm-hmm. is because this is what's really difficult in marriages. Mm-hmm is that the spouses don't see eye to eye. And a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times it is actually the husband or the male that is pushing back and, and still believing in vaccines. Right. So what turned you around? I think just taking a step back, asking questions. And I think that's normal for any person is, you know, when you're in the doctor's office, Ask questions, informed consent. And I think when you approach it that way, um, you're not trying to be defiant to the to the doctor, but what you're what you're just you want to know the risk and the benefits. So let's say you're in a pediatrician's office and they you're asking your questions and you're the dad. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, nope, they're totally safe. They've been proven to be safe. Vaccines don't cause autism. You would, you're, you would, you're going to die of polio if you don't get this vaccine. You're going to die of meningitis if you don't get this vaccine. Your child, you're going to harm your child me, if you don't get these vaccines. Show, what do you say? Show me the statistics. So they show come me out. Facts. So they come out and they show you big pharma statistics. Then what do you do? Uh, no, because I would ask them, "Is this something that you would inject?" And in what yourself? if they say yes? Congratulations. <laughs> See, I'm just telling you what it's right. like in a pediatrician's office. Right. Because here's the thing is, is nowadays, again, 20 years ago may have been a different story because you're mm-hmm. going to have pediatricians that have, um, they, they're not going to be as brainwashed by big pharma right. because they're going to be a little bit more old school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now that's not the case. Now right. it's very difficult for a parent to go in and have a conversation. I mean, you can do it. Trust me, I can hold my own. Right. But you're not going to get anywhere. No. Well, th- th- that's the thing. You're not going to get anywhere. You're going to, you know, both sides are going to come to a stalemate. Of course, you're not going to give in. Th- then again, they are not going to retreat. And you're going to get kicked out of the practice. And But it goes right back. Why do you need yeah. to take your kid in for a well check? Well, let me ask you this question. Are you at this point? Okay, so we have one child that was vaccine injured by the mm-hmm. grace of God and everything we did fully recovered, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing human being. But because our eyes were opened and we were willing to do something about it and not wait. Right. Period. Period. 
it's kind of like that sermon last Sunday mm. at church where where our pastor was talking about um, you have to actually go go and get your blessings. Like you have to go fight for it. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to land in your lap. Right. It's just, it was, I mean, this this approach is across the board for so many things. Right. Is we, well, if you we want something, you got to go and take right. it. So we could have sat there and been like, yeah, our child is vaccine injured. There's nothing we can do. Right. Or we could have said, yeah, our vaccine, our child is vaccine injured. We're going to do something about it. Right. Because which is what we did. We didn't wait. No, we decided to take, take to the offense, so to speak. So we have one child. Okay. One child vaccine injured. We have another child partially because I didn't wake up until after he received a couple doses. Cause he had, okay. he had the, he had the D tap and he had, he got a tick from the D tap and the hep B um, actually from the D tap. He got the, the major tick. Um, but again, fully healed, fully mm-hmm. recovered, pulled all that damage out of his body. We have a third child, never, ever, ever has a received a vaccine in their life. hundred percent, amazing, healthy, strong immune system. Shocker guys. She's not dead. Like the world wants you to believe nope. if you don't get vaccines. But then, then let me ask you this. Do you ever sit there and worry that your child is going to contract polio and die? No. So why, why are you not worried? Because if you think about it, if, if you go to, you know, what's their diet, you know, what are their environmental factors? Yeah. Okay. You know, for how we raise our children, I'm not in fear of that. You know, I'm not in fear that I'm going to, you know, get some deadly disease because we're not putting them into that environment. Well, I mean, yeah, they're not living in, in, you know. A third world country. Well, not even that. It's not just third world countries because honestly, even in a third world country, all they need is clean water. And what's interesting to me is instead of providing those countries clean water, they provide them vials of poison to right. inject them with, i.e. Bill Gates doing all of his experiments in third world countries, right? right? So, you know, really what it comes down to is their terrain. I think that's kind of what you're getting at. So mm-hmm. the terrain of the body is basically how we take care of ourselves. Right. It's the environment. Are you? I mean, are you cleaning with toxic chemicals in your home? Are they eating a bunch of food dyes and like, a, you know, processed sugar and processed food and uh, seed oils and you know, are they healthy? Are they thriving? And mm-hmm. the thing is, is are they not, physically active? Yeah, are they physically active or in front of their computer and playing video games and their iPhone all day long? So all of those factors go into play. But then you go back to emergency medicine. Listen, guys, if there's something a, were to happen, there's a purpose for there's a, there's there's a purpose for emergency medicine. Yes, I mean we all been to the ER where it was a critical moment, i.e., a couple of years ago with you. Oh yeah, that was random. But I mean, but again, that was uh, I mean, that was actually at the start of COVID, mm-hmm. and we didn't know what was going on at the time. But but I, I thought, thought I, I, I I thought I was going to lose you. I thought <laughs> I mean I could be no. like a a single father of three right now. I had a viral particle stuck in my pancreas because viral particles can travel to different organs in the body, and so I had this pancreas attack, which was super random. But it was just a viral particle that that traveled there, yeah. and that's where it lost. It scared me. I was like. <laughs> But I went to the hospital and it's fine. So there is a purpose for emergency medicine. Yeah. But but here's the thing is in that hospital setting, you know what? I had to advocate for myself mm-hmm. by myself. I had to add because you had to take care of the kids. I mean, you came to visit and stuff, oh. but it was, you guys, it was so, it was so interesting because the doctor comes in 
And he's like, you know, we've ran all the tests. We just can't figure out what's going on. And I looked at him and I said, I know exactly what's going on with my body. I caught a virus and it's lodged in my pancreas. And he goes, oh, that's, that can't happen. I said, really? Prove it to me. And he walked out. He couldn't prove it to me. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what was going on in my body. Then the night nurse comes in to do my charts. This was like the first night that I got there. Mm-hmm. And he's going through my stuff and he goes, oh, I see that, you know, you haven't gotten a, I mean, I don't even know how they got a chart on me, but whatever. It's like, they pull up whatever. And it's like, obviously no vaccine history. And he asked me about if I want to get the flu shot. And I look at him and I go, I'm sitting here in this bed, laying here in this bed with a pancreas on fire right now. You want to inject me with a flu vaccine? And he looked at me and he goes, okay, I'm going to mark you down for no. You have to advocate for yourself at every moment and even more so for our children. Mm -hmm. So here's what we want to share with you guys, because we could go on and on and on, is that at the end of the day, you get to stand in the gap for your kids. Mm -hmm. You get to make those decisions and choices. We have to be willing to see it, though. Right. We have to be willing to look at something a different way. We have to be willing to do the hard work, because you know what? It is actually harder to swim upstream. Yeah, it is. Against the system. Yeah. But it is so worth it, guys. And you know exactly what to do. And not and if you don't know what to do, you can be taught. Right. Well, I think that I think there's enough information out there and you want to make sure that the information is correct, but do your due diligence. Well, but that's part of the problem too is you can Google and it doesn't mean you're going to get you're going to get big pharma because they push all that stuff to the top. So oh, yeah. what you want to do is you want to find spaces that are safe spaces that you can learn, you can be vulnerable, you can ask your questions. Ask questions. Um, so this is why by the way I created the Warrior Center is the Warrior Center is your private space, no censorship, locked behind closed doors where I teach everything I know. I teach moms every single day how to be more equipped, what to use for certain common ailments, how to stand in your power and really embrace that. Mm-hmm. Um, and very exciting, very exciting. So starting on Monday, September 12th. So you may be listening to this podcast months from now, but you'll, you'll still be able to find the Dr. Mom Mastermind is I'm launching for the first time ever a Dr. Mom Mastermind course. And this is built for a purpose for the mom or the dad, but I would say more in particular moms and maybe moms and dads together who want to reclaim their power, who Mm. want to reclaim their motherhood, reclaim their fatherhood as it relates to not just health, but family dynamics, Mm -hmm. like all the things, because, because here's, here's the sad part. There's one thing to like, do natural health and do natural medicine and all this stuff. But what happens when somebody in your family doesn't think the way that you do, which is most likely going to happen because nobody in a family thinks the same way. Nobody in extended family thinks the same way. Right. What happens when they poo poo what you're doing, when they call you like and say you're crazy or that's dumb or whatever it is. Well, that is part of this too. How do you handle family dynamics? So we talk about that as well. That's, you know, that's good because you know, we're going to be coming up on seasons. Oh, Thanksgiving. Oh boy. Watch out. And that's going to be great. I Mm. can't wait. Watch out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So Dr. Mom Mastermind, you guys launches for registration on Monday, September 12th. 
And it goes, registration goes until I think it's like October 2nd. And we officially start the six week mastermind on October 3rd. You guys, this is six weeks of literally everything I know in my brain, everything I've learned, everything. So it's going to teach you how to stand up for yourself. It's going to teach you what to use for the kid, for your kids. It's going to teach you anything and everything about herbs and homeopathics and essential oils and sleep and emotional release and generational trauma and family dynamics and food and meal planning. And I mean, literally, it is a six-week crash course to equip you. So go check that out mm-hmm. at thewarriorcenter.com. Also on my Instagram at the Warrior Center. You can see that link in my profile. Um, and I hope to see you in that mastermind because it it is something, it's been a project that I've worked on for months, literally months. And if not years, because it's 14 years of my knowledge and experience of what we did to recover our child from autism, help our other children thrive, anything and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, really pumped for that. Uh, anything else you want to share? No. Any last minute words for the dudes out there who uh, might not be uh, seeing things the seeing same things, way? Seeing um, things, take a step back and observe and ask questions in, in a way, you know, that will help you. I think that's the key. Observation, evaluation. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is you never even, I, I mean, I gave you books to read, I think, but I don't think you ever read them. You basically just watched what I was doing. And I also took part in it too. And that's the other thing because like Jody, who was there with the therapies, I would take time off work or in between classes. Yeah. He would come and he would sit there with our child and that's when it all becomes, it hits you in the face. Yeah. It hits you in the face. Yep. So yeah. So. All right, guys. All right. Thanks for joining today. We will have another episode coming up in a couple weeks. And um, like I said, hope to see you in that Dr. Mom Mastermind. Go ahead and head to thewarriorcenter.com for more info. You can also join the Warrior Center there and my Instagram over at the Warrior Center. We will see you guys on the next episode. Hey guys, thanks for joining the episode today. As a reminder, you can connect with me over at thewarriorcenter.com. You can also grab my book, Autism Reimagined, on Amazon, available both Audible, ebook, Spanish, English, and you can also head to therighttorule.com for some freedom gear. Remember this, my friends, you are a sovereign human being and you hold the power, not the government. See you next time.